unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. And we're going to hit the ground running on this one. Um, don't want to waste anybody's time. One thing I want you guys to do is if you have questions for the ladies, um, put them in the chat. You know, uh, you know, just let us know if it's for a specific person or if it's for the three. Um, as we get rolling in this, it's really not going to be much about uh, the gentleman here. Uh, as the entire purpose of this is to give some enlightenment as to how living with us can be good and can be bad when you're in this business. So I want to go around the room real quick and introduce the ladies. Um, first of all, Hero, say hello. Hello, everyone. Mrs. Irish. Hello, everyone. Mrs. Blame Tag. Hey. Hello. All right. So now the one thing I want to do is I'm not going to pull up the screen, but our sponsor is actually in the room. Blame Tag. Tell us what you do. Well, I write a satirical website about working in customer service called The Serving Times, as if customer service wasn't ridiculous enough. And I got PPs in here making a lot of noise now. Oh, PPs is, is a fan, though. I expect pictures, you know, especially when Mrs. Blame Tag is talking and, and, and burying you. I expect to see uh, PPs reaction. Everything going on here, you might hear some hissing. Oh, that's great. That's great. All right. So having said that, um, you know, the whole purpose of this tonight is, you know, like I said, for you guys to hear from our spouses um, about, you know, the different things they have to put up with or whatnot. Um, what I would like to do is I think the best way to start this is if you have questions, start throwing them in the chat. But we're going to turn it over to the ladies very quickly. Um, we'll start with Ms. Irish Connection, then Mrs. Blame Tag, and then Hero. And you guys just give us a brief introduction to who you are, and then we will go from there. So, Mrs. Irish, go ahead. Um, hello, I'm Mrs. Irish. Um, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Been living in Ireland for 15 years now. Uh, did my own little brief retail stunt when I was in university um, at a pharmacy retail type chain, um, but have been out of it since and have been supporting slash dealing with Irish and retail since. Fair enough. Mrs. Blametag, your turn. Hello. Um, I'm just going to follow our Mrs. Irish's lead. <laughs> And go with, yeah, I'm originally from Ohio, um, been down in Florida for about 16 years. Um, I have, Matt and I have been married since 2020, so three years, I think we've known each other five. Um, I haven't had a lot of retail experience in the last almost 20 years, but it's interesting hearing, you know, the different things that have changed and things that haven't changed at all um, during that time um, and just hearing Matt's experiences. So I'm sorry, blame tags experiences. Well, well, he's known as Matt Starr. It's so good. All right, cool. 
Hi, I'm Hero. Um, I've been with Steve for many years, but we've been married for 13. And um, I've worked retail also during those years, but not necessarily as management like he has. And um, have just tried my best to be as supportive when I didn't know what else to do. That's fair. Okay, so no questions in the chat as of yet. So let's do this. So give us, and I hate to start out this way, give us one of the most negative things that you've seen happen with your spouse while they've been in retail. Probably my paycheck. So, and what, and what I and what I mean by that is like you know, you know, one thing that that changed them to a point that you despise the fact that you worked in this job. So, um, expand on it however you want. We'll go in the same order. Uh, Ms. Iris, you're first. Um, I'd say kind of the burnout from it that leads to him not really wanting to do anything on his days off or when he gets home from work. Um, like I, I'm a remote worker. I work from home and I take care of the little ones. So, you know, when he comes home, I kind of need a bit of reprieve from everything that I've been doing all day. And he, you know, kind of rightly just wants to sit back and not do anything and decompress. So when he comes home or it's, you know, a day off or a weekend and we're looking to go do something and he's just kind of doesn't want to do anything and gets very like sullen and sometimes a bit angry about it is kind of, uh, I'd say the most negative thing about it. Yeah, I think build off of that. I would say mine, and then I, this isn't necessarily anything that happens to him specifically at work, but those, the, the physical exhaustion of working in retail and the toll that it takes on your body and I guess also mentally too, where you need that mental decompression does infringe upon that free time at home. So I also work at home and feel very privileged to do so, to be able to integrate a bunch of chores into my, my work day and not have that. But then when it comes to our time together, yeah, a lot of it just needs to be also relaxation time. Whereas I might be ready to do something because I feel like I have my job is not very strenuous or stressful, and I don't have a need for that relaxation in my own time. Okay, I guess it's my turn. Yes. Um, both of them are absolutely a thousand percent correct. Um, Steve knows that though. His uh, way of coming home and decompressing um, has a lot to do with loud and instruments and rock music and things like that. Um, whereas I'm rather quiet most of the time uh, and not obviously as talkative as my counterpart either. So sometimes we have to make a conscious effort to have like a connection 
because he'll want to decompress and I'll want to get away from the loud, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it's hard sometimes because it's like, you know, he deserves to decompress just as much as I do or any of the wives do and the husbands, you know, coming home. Yeah, they deserve that too. It's just, I guess, the disconnect on the ways to achieve that simultaneously because one doesn't necessarily always uh, help with the other at the same time, if that makes sense. Yep. That's true. Um, just guys, to give you guys an idea, I am an extremely loud individual. Part of it's because I'm d half deaf now because I've been so loud in the past. You know, we actually had a discussion with one of the bosses yesterday about how her bedtime is 10 o'clock. God knows when mine is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm up late and I'm loud. I mean, I have a wall full of guitars next to me. I've got all these knobs and switches and speakers and all this stuff, and, and that's just what I enjoy. And, you know, we live in an apartment, so it's not like I have a room to do it. The room to do it is the bedroom, and just like right now. I mean, you know, you guys don't see what goes on, like, with the live streams or whatnot behind the scenes. I have a desk that's, like, seven feet wide. I have a frame behind me with a green screen on it that literally is butted up against our bed. So she's 100% right. I mean, that, that's a very difficult thing for her to have to deal with because, you know, especially now she's kind of switched positions and she'll be going into work early, whereas I'll be going into work late. And so I have to be mindful. Like last night I tried to be a good boy and, and, and not be loud. And, and I think I did okay. But I ate a lot of ice cream. So that was probably not good either. So um, hybrid in the chat says, and this is a great question, and we'll go through the same order. Um, hybrid asks, how has it affected home life with kids, i.e. missed birthday sporting activities? Now, there's two phases to this. I think everybody needs to understand if you have kids. There, there's when they're young, and then there's when they're at a manageable age where they can kind of operate on their own. So I think the, the, the crucial part here is the younger, like especially if your spouse is at home taking care of said young child. So having said that, um, Mrs. Irish, you go first. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> it's a mess. Um, so Irish missed our son's uh, first birthday because it was a mandatory day that he has to work. We have a Christmas Eve baby. So for retail, like he wasn't going to get off Christmas Eve to celebrate a first birthday for his kid. So it was me and a cake at home. He came home on his lunch hour and that was Owen's first birthday that year. Um, so it's a bit better now in the job that he's in. He has a bit more control. He can kind of take more days or hours off that he wants so it's definitely improved but i'd say it's it's one of the main negatives to it of um depending on your job you're kind of at the whim of when the company wants you there and you can't take off time that you need to take off and yeah it's left me kind of holding the bag a lot for extracurriculars and special events and trying to make them as special as i can um we have the added disadvantage that my family is 4,000 miles away. So, you know, um, it really is kind of me trying to hold it down while he uh, has to be at work, which isn't his fault either. But, um, yeah. 
playing time? Well, we don't have any kids. Thank yes, you do. You have cats. But we have cats, and he did miss the adoption day of our newest kitten. So, I mean, I guess we have to we have to deal with that. But, I, no, honestly, like, on the level of kids, like, thank goodness we don't have that other variable to have to schedule around because scheduling just stuff between the two of us is complicated and frustrating um, altogether. Uh, what you were saying earlier, Steve, about, you know, different bedtimes and that, you know, that hero goes to work early and you're going into work later. Yeah. Every day it's, what are you working tomorrow? What are you working tomorrow? What are you working tomorrow? So I can kind of plan that around, <laughs> plan around that, um, right. and right. not disrupt him when he needs to get, you know, that extra hour of sleep or, you know, for me to have to like give him a heads up that when he comes home, I'm already going to be in bed and to keep it down. Right now, uh, real quick. What about like your birthday or like holidays? How's it been? Oh, um, I don't really care about any of that stuff. Matt doesn't seem to care about it either. I mean like birthdays. Yeah. But we just wait until the weekend to celebrate it. The actual day doesn't really matter. Neither of us take off work for that stuff. I'm, probably Matt more than me because it's closer to Thanksgiving and there's a reason, another reason to be off, but yeah. Um, I can't really think of anything. Gotcha. We're not a Christmas store anyway. We're more of a back to school store. So, I mean, it's not really an issue in the holiday season. Well, that's the, that's the one benefit you have to doing what you do is, you know, when I worked for office max, you know, our Christmas season was back to school and that's the only place I've worked really where, the holidays were not a big deal because it was so dead in those stores like in November and December. And it's like, Oh, we get to go home and Oh, we can be off. And it's not a problem. You know? Yeah. It's like our school time. Yeah. So, so that's, that's really, really great for you. So hero, your turn. To be clear, Steve and I were not together during his office max days. So I got none of those benefits. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, actually, all of those points have been issues. Um, when the kids were little, you know, I either stayed home with them full time or worked part time to have people around me that didn't call me mommy all day and use my real name. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it would be like their birthday coming up and he's like, OK, great. Get them something. I work. these hours that day and I explain often to a lot of people that don't understand how I'm okay with him getting out of management because I didn't marry my husband's checkbook I married my husband um that I think it's better now that he's out because he has an actual relationship with our kids whereas before their experience of him was Dad's angry because he got up this early to go to work. And Dad's angry because he came home and work was bad all day. And that pretty much was the extent of it. Um, besides, hey, this birthday or this holiday is coming up. This is what I want you to buy me, Dad. Thanks. Bye. Um, so I much prefer the relationship that he has with our children now. Um, 
he did really good because basically I urged him to not miss birthdays for the most part. Um, I think the podcast library will provide you with many situations where he said how much he detests the holidays from working uh, at craft stores and different places like that, whereas the holidays are really big for me. And I love them, <laughs> all of them, and would decorate for any season whatsoever whenever I could. <laughs> but he's been a deer and, you know, known that that is something that I like and love and enjoy and supports me in doing that and will even join us in decorating the Christmas trees, even though he absolutely loathes it just because it's a Christmas tradition. That's true, and I will say me getting out of management was the first time ever I actually got the Christmas tree out before her and put it up, you know, for her to come home. Um, greetings, Erica. Um, you know, and, and, you know, part of this, look, I, I've said it ad nauseum. On, I can't stand Christmas. I really can't. Um, Hobby Lobby killed Christmas for me, period. I mean, that, that's just fact. Um, at home, did definitely didn't fucking help it any. Um, but the one thing that I think that, you know, for us has been in management, what, some of the biggest damage that it does do is holidays that meant something and may mean something to your spouse or your kids or whatnot. Along the way, doing this for many, many years, that takes it away from you because... <laughs> You, you associate, instead of associating holidays with hanging out with family and having a good time and, 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 you know, your kids being great and all, no, no. You associate it with some of the most stressful, um, miserable times of your entire life. Now, you got to think about, you know, the, the amount of time I've been in management working in stores that where the holidays meant something. It's a lot of years, man, and that will absolutely ruin the holidays for you. And and it still does for me. I it really does. I mean, I'm better at it. Hero's right, but I still loathe it. Irish asks, what aspect of retail does your spouse complain about the most? So same order. Mrs. Irish, you have the floor. He's next to me just typing questions away. Um I'd say the customers he complains a lot about uh the kind of entitlement of them coming in and making demands that make absolutely no sense um his higher up management as well uh hr gets a lot at our house <laughs> um pretty much every aspect he likes his employees a lot they you know um he likes working with them and mentoring them um, but yeah, HR management and customers, I'd say get a lot. Awesome. Uh, Mrs. Blametag, your turn. I'd say it's a pretty even split between anybody that tells them what to do, who works there and all of the customers. So, you know, with the, on the employee side and it's mostly, you know, Either people who are his boss, although his his actual boss is pretty cool, um, having dealt with like the the shenanigans of the previous one, I have to say she's she's very much a pro 
pro-employee, pro-frontline worker, pro, you know, let's make everything as easy as possible um, for, for everyone, for all of her team. But other people who might have like a, maybe a dotted line or an indirect reporting relationship, those people can all suck it. Because at least from what I hear, they're awful and um, cannot get on the same page about any of their instructions. They tell you one thing to your face and then, you know, treat you a different way. Their behavior does not align with what's coming out of their mouths at all. Um, And then for the customers, I think it's the same old story that you guys have been talking about for the last three years. (laughs) They're just real jerks too. Uh, The the entitlement that Mrs. Irish brought up, the ridiculous things that they do. You see it all in his stories, walking around, just screaming random phrases, bird calling, um, not treating people with respect, uh, and just in general being ridiculous with their demands. I agree with that. And uh, real quick, before we get to Hero, there was some, some rather funny stuff coming through. Erica says, I hate Christmas, yet one of my favorite movies is A Christmas Story. You can't not appreciate the soft glow of electric sex gleaming in the window. And then good old Mr. Blame Tag. I always say Christmas Story is a great movie if you fetishize guns and love the sound of children screaming. So I just wanted to get that out there. So um, now, as far as the question goes, uh, Hero, your turn. I don't, I don't know how to follow that. I know. Um... Now, actually, Steve really doesn't complain that much. Uh, A lot of what his job entails is pretty solitary or working with the same small group of people. So he's good now. Uh, In his previous life, I guess is what we'll call it, uh, a lot of it was just the hours that he was putting in um, all the time. And then... You know, if his phone would ring, it was always somebody that basically wasn't capable of thinking for themselves of, hey, here's this problem and I want you to pay me to figure out the problems, but I don't want to have to figure out the problems. Help me. Um, No matter what time it was, no matter how long he had been out of work for the day, the phone was um, terrifying sometimes. Because it would take a good evening and turn it into a, oh, he's super angry evening. Um, But now, no. Now, pretty good. Would you not agree that my current job, I kind of am just an island to myself and can kind of do whatever as long as I get the job done? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, see, those jobs do exist. I don't know how you find one, but I got kind of lucky on this one, so it's it's cool. Now, um, one thing, uh, we're, we're going to go down a dark path, all right? You know, we, we got to get people enthralled, so to speak. So, each of you give us one of the worst situations, evenings, days, conversations, or whatnot that you've ever witnessed or had with your spouse that concerns the job, whether them, you know, something to do with the job, them leaving the job, some taking the job. What What is the worst 
situation you've had happen uh, because of your spouse's job? Ms. Iris, you're first. Um, I think there's two kind of answers to that. There's kind of a funny one of we didn't take like a big honeymoon after we got married. So we went on a baby moon um, before my son was born. And it was supposed to be, you know, time without anybody bothering us. And someone from one of his shops rang and asked him what to do because they were out of toilet paper in the bathroom and they didn't know how to handle the situation. And it's funny, but it's also like we set this time aside for us to go do something and be by ourselves and actually have a moment. We're in an entirely different country and this person is calling for this minute thing that needs to be dealt with by a manager because of how the company is set up, it has to be a manager that approves the expense or whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of the funny one. The more serious stuff is, um, you know, I think there is kind of a genuine depression and mental illness that takes over at times when you're in an industry that doesn't value at all what you do. And you deal with people and customers every day that don't value anything that you do and only point out the things um, that you should be doing better or that they feel like they're entitled to. And, you know, retail workers uh, work very hard and managers work really, really hard and put everything that they can into their jobs. And so it is kind of heartbreaking to you know, see someone who, who genuinely cares about his employees and genuinely tries to make their lives better and give them a path forward to come home and just, you know, be at his wits end because upper management thinks that he should be doing something that he's not capable of doing with the tools that they're given. So yeah, it can get pretty dark if you don't step away from it, I think. Correct. Mrs. Blametag, your turn. Wow, I do not know how to follow that. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the question was, the worst thing that's happened? I can't think of anything that's absolutely been awful. And I I don't know what that is. Maybe Matt's just really good at bottling things up. You know, really awful. You know um, I would have to agree with that. I bet he... I picture him being an absolute master at that. Yeah, for trying to trying to get what he wants for dinner out of him is is pretty tough too. Oh, well, that's kind of like my 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 wife. It's really hard to figure out what they want for dinner. Anyway, uh oh, hero's turn. First of all, the only thing that I ever want for dinner is a cheeseburger with ketchup delicious see 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 yeah you said i could say anything that's my truth (laughs) um well i wish i could be as light as mrs blame time was but um there's two things um one steve's touched upon before and it really was a moment where we had to be like whoa, this job is not worth 
the toll that it's taking on our lives. Um, and you really need to step back and evaluate. And I had um, a bit of a health scare and woke up one morning and honestly thought that I was having a heart attack. Like, was crying, saying, I need a doctor, I need the emergency room. And Steve waking up out of a deep sleep, his first reaction was not to call 911 or anything like that. It was, I open, who's going to open the store? That's when I was at, at home, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. And um, if I hadn't been having a having a heart attack, that almost gave me one, like, to be honest. That was really hard at the time and still is kind of hard to think about, you know, that it actually happened because he was – not meaning to, but coming off as he was valuing his job more than his wife. And it's really hard to know what to do with that as a spouse. Um, you know, it's one thing to not know how to deal with, you know, upper management telling them to do things that they fundamentally do not agree with and not really being able to say anything other than I'm sorry. It's something else, you know, <clears throat> having fights about Christmas or birthdays and holidays, but having a scary moment like that and having it be like, I don't give a shit about your job, Steve. I think I'm dying, you know, was really eye-opening. And to be fair, uh, especially since um, Mad Dog's in the chat, when I resigned, that was one of the first fucking reasons I used as to why I was leaving. Um, yes, that did happen. And, you know, um, and it's horrible. But I was under so much pressure at the job I was in. We needed the paycheck. The money was great. And when you work for companies that make you feel like you cannot miss work for even something like that, because you're a store manager or a store director or whatnot, it really fucks you up. And, and, and case in point, you know, we see all the memes about blackout dates for holidays and whatnot. Get this. I felt that way about missing opening shift. But I had people at Thanksgiving who flat out said, we're not coming. And I called my district manager. I'm like, well, these people refuse to work. Are we going to get rid of them? And they said, no. But you make me feel like I'm going to get fired every step of the way. My wife is in the hospital, and I'm you've got me so torn up that I need to be there. You know, that's the kind of shit we deal with, and that's the kind of high pressure that there is. So, uh, Blame Tag says, Mrs. Blame Tag is lucky she wasn't with me when I managed the movie theater because she'd have more stories like that. Yeah, I understand. Um, Mad Dog says, don't blame you. We couldn't all travel with our booty call and give our family members a job. Yep, that's correct. And I guess that's why they're no longer there. So, fair enough. Um, Blame Tag says, that money's got to keep flowing. Doesn't matter who's having a heart attack. Yep, 
and Adria says, that's the frenzy that they put us into where our brain prioritizes the job, and bingo, that is 100% it. That is it. You know, when you're in the business this many years, you're conditioned to do that. And it's not just hero going to the hospital. It's birthdays. It's, you know, it's the things they want to do or whatnot. You're like, oh, well, I, I've, I've got to work such and such day so many hours. I can't not be there. That's what it does to you. And it's terrible. And that brings me to the second story is Steve worked all day in terrible pain and finally said, okay, I need you to come pick me up and I need you to take me to the emergency room. And he never goes to the emergency room or the doctor, or the doctor really, for anything. He has probably needed stitches before. Like bull. <laughs> he has probably needed stitches before and just been like, it'll be fine <laughs> because he didn't want to go to the doctor. But he goes to the emergency room and they get him in there and they're like, holy crap, you should have been here hours ago. Your gallbladder is huge and about to rupture. He's going in for surgery, like, right now. Like, worry about the paperwork once we get him to the back. And he had also prioritized the job over his own health. Now, this was prior to mine, but you have a situation where the lives of the people that he cares about, himself included, the job made him think that the job mattered more and that the paycheck mattered more. And, you know, that's why I, I, I say the phrase a lot. Uh, I married Steve, not his checkbook. And well, getting... That's true now. <laughs> and getting him to understand that, that, you know, it wasn't his job to shove money at me that you know money was not going to keep me company at his graveside <laughs> was um a learning curve for him but i think he's coming around <laughs> no because about chopped the tip of my thumb off in my current job and i just came home and glued it and never went to the doctor but yeah you know, she's right so what had happened was you know, um, I'd had these episodes for years, and they went away. Uh, this one didn't take me to the emergency room. And, you know, she's right. When I walk in, I say, you need, you know, I need to go to the emergency room. She looks at you like you grew a third head because we don't go to the doctor, and we don't worry about that shit. And it really was that, oh, hey, we're glad you're here. Guess what? You got surgery. Oh, well, fuck. Okay. And and that's really what happened. And, um and, and I, I felt bad about, you know, having to get people to cover shifts for me and whatnot. And, and, and that's just the conditioning. Adria hit that perfectly. It's the conditioning that we have. And, you know, it, it's that's sad. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. And, you know, I was very hopeful when COVID hit that, you know, sick time policies and there'd be more leniency towards things like that. And there's, there's obviously not at all, period. Um, quitting that job saved my life. Uh, it saved a marriage. And just for the record, that was Dollar Tree. So I know Blank Stairs isn't in, in here, but we'll have her on soon too, talking about her experience since she is no longer there. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's what it was. And it does, and, and that goes to show you, it doesn't matter the volume of the store. It, it's the company culture. You know, Dollar Tree didn't make near as much money as at home did. You know, um, I mean, hell, some days we had about the same staff, and that's scary enough because you could fit a Walmart in the at-home store I ran. But you're just conditioned. You have to be there. You have to be there. And, you know, e- even still to this day, um, I'm still – I'm still wired that way, okay? It's like I don't want to miss work, but I do know that I'm in a situation where if I have to miss work, it's okay. It, nobody's going to be mad. They're going to put my sick time in, and that's just going to be it. I will say that um, I do find his conditioning a little bit interesting um, because he does believe that he has to be at work, you know, no matter what. But if I get sick, like really, really sick, he says, you need to stay home. We need you to get well. We need you. But doesn't put the same emphasis on the fact that we need him. I just look at it like when it's time to go, it's time to go. And I'm not going to all damn ready. So as long as I feel fine, I'm, I'm going to work, whatever. So, um, what else do you guys have? Uh, there's got to be some great stories. Iris, do you have questions that you think should be asked and you put in the chat? You know, uh, let us know. Um, I, you know, one thing I do want to say is there is also, too, you know, you can have a job that you love and that can get out of hand, too. Uh, you know, you've heard me talk about my time at Guitar Center and whatnot, and it was a great job. But I was a fucking fool. And um, with that came a lot of pretending that you're a rock star and and drinking way too much. Um, And, you know, if we get around this here shortly, I'll let Hero uh, expound on that if she so chooses. Um, Because that was just as damaging as some of the other shit. It really was. Um Erica says, when I endured the dog attack in 2020, literally two weeks prior to COVID being declared, I was more than happy to go on leave. First time ever in 25 years. I called my meat boss all doped up, letting him know I wasn't going to be in for a while. Good for you. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Irish asked before if the wives think being in a relationship with a retail worker is worse than those in other occupations. Go around the room. Ms. Irish, you're first. Um... I don't really know how to answer that one. I'd say uh, based on the work that goes into it and the amount of personal time that is disrupted, um, you know, he gets calls at literally all hours to fix things that uh, retail workers just aren't paid enough. I don't know how that stacks up against other similarly paid people. Um, but it's a lot of work for the salary that's being taken home. Right. Uh, Mrs. Blame Tag. Sorry, I'm taking a, an extended breath to think about that. Um, <laughs> is it worse than other occupations? I, th- I think it's different, a, a different set of challenges. I know I've brought up scheduling before. That is a big challenge. Um, 
you know, with not being able to plan out into the future more than two to three weeks because the schedules aren't out. Don't know if on that particular Thursday he's going to be working a late or, you know, an early or a mid or coming off a clopin, you know, whatever it might be. I think that, you know, those are unique challenges having to deal with the, the physical exhaustion that I brought up um, earlier. Um, the general avoidance of interacting with anybody in the public (laughs) because that's all he does every day at work. And, you know, and it's his time. He doesn't want to do anything out in the public because that might involve talking to a person and he's just done with that. So I, I can't say it's any worse. It's just a different set of challenges than, you know, might be in a different relationship with somebody working in another occupation. Good, um, good answer. That doesn't make you miss your ex? No, no, not at all. Because we worked the same schedule, and he was undoubtedly a thousand times worse. Wow, there you go. Um, I mean, I have, I have girlfriends that have husbands that travel for work. So when you take into consideration that maybe for days at a time, your husband's job is taking you completely away, um, I guess it's different because those husbands also get specific vacation times. And when they're on vacation, they're on vacation. And that's it. The company doesn't want to bother them because they want them to take that vacation so they can get right back to it. So, um there's that. Uh, I think just in broad strokes, most people have heard this, you know, give 110%, give 110%. And no matter what job you're in, lots of people still feel required to do that or pressured to do that versus, you know, working their wage. True. That's 100% true. All right, so we're going to get these last couple of questions out, and then I'm going to close it out with um, a biggie. So uh, Adria says, and this is for the gentleman. So Irish, uh, if you want to switch headphones real quick for this, um, we'll, we'll do this one. Adria asks, what are some steps you all took to make things better and not let the job control you? Um, Adria, my answer is really simple. I walked away and stopped. You know, no more keys, no more responsibility. I got lucky in the job that I have. I have anonymity. I I have autonomy. Um, I can do whatever it is I feel I need to do as long as the job gets done. That was my my way out. Um, Now, Irish, uh, you know, you go ahead and uh, give your answer as to what you've done, and then blame tag, you will follow. Okay, I think that I essentially, in a way, sobered up uh, from the, the the drunk retail that I was in. I, I COVID helped, the pandemic specifically helped because it was a, an awakening that I truly and utterly did not matter. As soon as I became less than useful, I was disposed of. 
so that was uh, that hit me hard and I made a conscious effort then to kind of reevaluate everything I do um, to get paid and I slowly but surely I kind of it was through kind of conscious effort it wasn't um, uh, I had to go against the grain like you said about conditioning uh, I had to really work hard to not care as much and I'm still struggling with that um, so I suppose to answer the question, it's, you know, you, you walked away. Um, I wish I could, and I'm working on it. Um, but uh, in the meantime, it's about making decisions for the family first and then for work as best I can. Good job. Uh, Blind Tag, your turn. Um. Well, I can also say just going by what Irish said, like just making myself not care. Like that's something I tell myself every day now is just this job is not worth being mad about. It's not worth being stressed about. So if something stresses me out, I just, you know, I just walk away from it. So that's kind of helped my mental health a lot lately. Um, one thing that I think has helped is and it, it helps that I have a boss who's really cool about this stuff now. It's like I just told her, hey, I can't work clopens anymore. My knees can't handle it. And she stopped scheduling me. Um, just kind of taking my time off when I want. And, you know, again, that's me kind of showing my privilege because most people don't have a boss who's cool with that kind of thing. And I'm lucky I do right now. You know, we all know that can change for, like, no fucking reason. But, yeah, I guess that's about it. Hey, you're, you, you're, you run with that while you can Oh, uh, Mrs. Blame Tag wants to chime in. Go ahead. So his previous boss, when he'd say, I can't work clopens or could you not schedule me for clopens or could I have this day off? It was always, well, we've given you the minimum, you know, whatever, nine hours off in between shifts or 10 hours off between shifts. You know, you have time to get eight hours of sleep, you know, thinking that the moment you walk in the door right. that you can just slip into unconsciousness yeah, he, and then wake up, you know, eight hours later and get right back into it. This guy was a real jerk. Yeah, and he, he literally said to me, I gave you 10 hours between your shifts. Don't be a pussy. And that on a wow. different occasion, we don't, we don't pay you to shit. That's some bullshit. Yeah. I'm glad he left. He sucked. Yeah. Cool. All right. Real quick. But uh, you're still friends with him and you still talk whoa. to him. I don't understand this. <laughs> uh huh. Keep your, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Right. Blame tech. He's a cool guy. He's, I mean, not really that cool, but you know, he's a shitty boss. But you know, we were still buddies. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so real quick, this will be the funny one. Um, Erica says, "What's the funniest or most outlandish story you've heard from your spouse's day at work?" Mrs. Irish. Oh God, uh, I think there's a lot. I think he worked at a tourist shop when we first met. So some of the questions there, I think, were the craziest. Um, like asking who carved the cliffs of Moore and like where they could go find leprechauns and how you find the end of a rainbow and things like that. Um, I think were the funniest to us. Other than that. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, it was something. So, yeah, I think that was definitely, that was the funniest job for us to go through together. Awesome. Mrs. Blame Tag. 
Well, you've read all of his articles. So, you know, <laughs> the way his storytelling is just fantastic on spot. So even if it wasn't hilarious, like every story that he brings home has this underlying humor to it that always just makes it um, makes these truly awful experiences at least somewhat entertaining. And I know he can laugh on it on some level, which is, you know, what he was alluding to before of just saying it's really not worth it to get this work up over a particular job. And I think that humor helps him a lot. So one of the ones that I, I remember him telling me is there's an elevator that kind of goes between floors at his store. And there's just a customer that, you know, forced his hand to get in there, you know, when the doors were almost shut. And um, I don't know if this is going to ruin Matt's reputation or not, but he thoroughly enjoys crop dusting customers. Oh, we <laughs> are aware. There. <laughs> he completely trapped her in the elevator and then slipped right back out <laughs> before the doors closed. <laughs> For some reason, I don't, we have ridiculous senses of humor sometimes very immature and uh, I just remember thinking I would never do anything like that but I, I'm glad he was able to get that type of passive retaliation in for a customer I mean hell didn't he write an entire article on crop dusting quite possibly it's called yeah quiet cropping yeah. yep there it is so this is not a surprise so oh, good on you I hate to get on here and disparage. Well, the thing is, it's the more stressed out I get, the less I hide that I'm doing it. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. You're still employed, so it must be working. Well, you can't fire me for having gas. That's that's unethical. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's a protected something another. <laughs> so that, that's good. All right, Hero, uh, I don't know what you got, and I'm scared. Well, I don't really have anything. You've you've kind of shared everything already with these folks. Um, yeah, I guess. Oh, well, and then the other thing is, I think, especially when he was in management, he tended to be grumpy and not share a lot of, like, funny stories, really. Um, I'm more of the one that ends up having customers that are completely crazy yeah. and, and sharing those stories. Um. I personally do like when y'all would have trivia night at Kmart and some oh. of the answers that you got from those. Yeah. Um, he can expand on that if he wants to. There were several, but that was about it. Yeah, so we had walkie-talkies at Kmart, and at night when I was closing, I'd be like, all right, it's trivia time. And we had this girl who worked customer service, and she uh, great girl, good worker, really was, okay? Um, she hustled. But not the sharpest tool in the shed, as um, as uh, the, the band would say. Anyway, uh, to give you guys an idea, one night, the, the question was, do you know who John Lennon is? And this child reply, replied that he was the host of The Tonight Show. And, and then, and then, one night, I kid you not, I said, do you, is anybody aware? Well, I asked her specifically, do you know what the Underground Railroad is? Now, guys, I hope everybody's fucking sitting down for this, and I hope I don't get canceled, but this is an honest-to-God real thing. She said that that was the railroad that Hitler 
<laughs> took the African Americans and saved them from slavery. You Was can't, she educated in Florida? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Did she get partial credit? No, she got zero credit. And I, there was something else, too. It was like, you know, do you know what Hiroshima or Nagasaki is? And she's like, sushi? <laughs> and But, but yeah, that's, that's some crazy stuff. All right, so real quick before we, we go here, Irish, you had one more question real quick. Throw it out there. Um, if All not. Right, it's taking a bit of a. All right, so a bit of a dark turn. Um, yes. I'm curious to know, because you mentioned about and conditioning more than once on, on this podcast, uh, how we're conditioned. We heard about you and VER uh, this evening. You heard about me and being fucking married to not faithful job. I'm curious to know from the spouses, is that something, do you think, that retail made, uh, you know, your spouse do? It, did that happen because, you know, retail formed them in that way? Or are they just naturally predisposed predisposed to being like that, that they're just afraid of always getting fired and they're always trying to work harder to make sure that they make ends meet and a paycheck. Um, and then it just ends up that that's the type of people that get retail management jobs. I'm genuinely, I don't know the answer to that or if there is, if there is one. Right, nice. Okay. Uh, Ms. Irish, you're first. <laughs> um, I'd go with that. It's conditioning, honestly. Um, my husband has very strong opinions about other things in his life, and he won't just go with the grain to go with the grain. No. Sometimes I wish he would. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he definitely rebels against other things. Um, I think even in my brief time in retail, not to bring the mood, like, totally down, um, but I had the same manager from when I was about 16 to when I was about I'd say 23, 24, and I finally kind of got out and did something else. And he was, like, the greatest guy ever. He really was. And totally married to the job, totally faithful, totally conditioned. And like Irish and other elements of his life, like, was rebellious against anyone who told him anything to do. And he ended up being under a lot of pressure from his district manager and he had a massive heart attack at 35 um, while his wife was eight months pregnant and he died. Wow. And I think like that's what the industry can do to people and it's conditioning. He worked in retail from the time he was 16 and he worked his way up and he wanted to be a district manager so he could provide better for his family. And, um, you know, that's the level of conditioning that goes into the job. And, you know, that's kind of why with Irish, I kind of try to always pull him back out of it and be like, this doesn't matter. In the end of the day, your family is what matters and you need to stress release and you need to take a step back because the conditioning is very strong. And the, you know, his catchphrase married to an unfaithful job is, is very, very strong. Correct. All right. Mrs. Blame tag. You know, I was just telling Matt that I really can't think of any time when it's mattered that he has chosen work over personal stuff. When it's really mattered, he's, I feel like, has always made the right decision for as long as I've known him. 
and that might not have been true in past lives um, and other retail um, roles that he's been in. But yeah, there are, I guess, insignificant things like right, you know, less than an hour before this call or before, you know, us getting together, we were trying to make plans to go see a play and, you know, it just came down to, that's not my weekend off. Well, can you ask the swap? Can you just call on sick? Can you, you know, do any of these things? And he's like, no, it's too far away. I'll deal with it later. (laughs) This, that, and the other. And so maybe, maybe that, you know, but again, it's a play. So it's, it's insignificant. It's not a life changer, but it is, valuable time together it's my love language quality time (laughs) and you know it's one less thing that we can do together because schedules are just different and maybe that loyalty or not wanting to go through the hassle of jumping through all the hoops they make people jump through to get a day off on a weekend is you know too much of an obstacle to go through every single time there's something to do. Right. Got you. All right. Hero, your turn. Um, I think it's a thousand percent conditioning. Um, and programming, um, that etches in and regurgitates itself without them even thinking that that's what they're doing. We're in the unique situation where, Um, half of our children are joining the workforce or already joined the workforce. And sometimes some of the stuff that comes out of Steve's mouth, I look at him and I'm like, or it's okay. Like um, we have one child that was complaining about how short staffed they were this weekend. And Steve told him, well, sorry, son, you got to do the time. And I'm like, I'm really sorry that you're short staffed. And that really, really sucks. Um, I apologize that you have to work that much harder because people can't come to work like they should instead of the conditioning of, well, work harder. It's going to suck because you got to do your time and it's going to suck. And just be aware that it's going to suck because, you know, it's not actually... It's called embrace the suck. <laughs> it's not it's not actually okay though because I don't understand why the company not being able to have the things in place that the company needs to have in place should equal oh okay work that much harder and do that for the next few years that is the rest of your life fair but and there again you you know one thing we missed out on too is retail does do that to you but at my age i'm 53 years old and people my age will tell you that they were also programmed by their parents and that is a true statement so it's a double whammy you get programmed by your parents about you know the whole uh, i'll walk both ways to school you know barefoot naked and like sub you know zero temperatures blah 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 and, and you get it grilled into you twice. So it's like a double whammy. But, um, yeah, you know, to Hero's point, yeah. you know. But the, the key is 
you know, I look at it like this, you know, he's working in the same department that I started out in and the other continuously shorthanded. It's just, you just have to deal with it and keep moving. It doesn't mean you have to work harder, but you just got to deal with it and keep moving. It's not going to change. So, uh, <laughs> blame takes my parents programmed me to crave negative attention. Oh Lord. And yeah, mad dog says work ethic drilled in 100%. All right. So we're a little bit over an hour. We're going to wrap this up. This is the last question of the night. Be ready to each of you. If there was one thing you could ask to be changed about the current working conditions and attitude that each of us have, speak now or forever hold your peace. Mrs. Irish. Uh, The attitude that James has. Or Irish has, sorry. Nope. I just got smacked. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> so, um, so you're saying the attitude? Yeah, I'd say, you know, it's it's just a job at the end of the day. Um, I know that it's important. I know that it provides for our family. And I very much appreciate the work that he puts in. Um, but... Yeah, the the kind of married to an unfaithful job attitude that he has. Um, he has he has worked on it, and it has greatly improved. Um, but yeah, I think um, that and and in general, the attitude of society toward retail workers. I mean, you work really really hard. It's a hard job. It's a customer facing job, and you deal with so much, and. You know, I think you get also upper management in that has a condescending attitude towards the people on the ground because they've never done it. Like spend one day behind a cash register and you realize how hard it is. So attitudes all around would be my answer. Awesome. Mrs. Blame Tag. I think the one thing that I would change about maybe Matt, and his relationship to work would be that as all of the, I guess, unhealthy ways that he stands up for himself when he's really stressed out at work, that he would do the same when he's not stressed out and in a more controlled manner to drive change and make things better. I I wish that he had that in him because when he comes home, he's very articulate about what needs to be changed and everything, but then we'll just not confront the people to help them. And I think that's a lot of just experience and knowing that people will tell you, yeah, yeah, you're making a great point and this, that, and the other, and then not do anything about it or let's fix it. And then nothing. So just a lot of lip service. Um, And then about the, whole retail experience and just all of that. Yeah. Just attitudes all around that. These are real jobs, real people who, you know, are working just as hard, if not harder than in other industries. It's just a different setting. These are not, you know, jobs for teenagers. These are not jobs for people who have no other choice. You know, these are real jobs that some people want to be in because they do care um about what they're doing but yeah so that's that's the societal piece that i would like change the perception of what retail work is awesome 
All right, Hero, your turn. God help me. Um, and I've had all this time to try to think about how to articulate this too. Um, I guess I would say trying to remove the manager mode from Steve. Um, cause it's honest God multifaceted. And I don't know if he really realizes how ebbed in him it still is. Um, he has a manager mode that's like the work mode that we refer to as angry bear mode. That is, I've got shit to get done. Get out of my way. This has got to happen. I'm charging ahead and I will mow down whatever obstacle there is. Um, there's that one. <laughs> there is also the um, manager bro mode. Um, I do not have a problem with Steve's managers. I like Steve's managers. They're great people. But Steve has a tendency to go into bro mode. And it as a female in retail, um, it's kind of infuriating sometimes. And then to see your husband be a part of that is like, you kind of want to strangle them a little bit, <laughs> to be honest. Because um, I don't really think that they think about it, but... Uh, sometimes things are sexist and sometimes things are heavily sports related. Uh, and, you know, it just is a little infuriating. And the question wasn't, you know, what's the worst thing? The question was, what would you change? And that's one of the things that I would change. Um, but no. Things are a lot better now that he is out of retail management. So I don't really have a lot of complaints other than, you know, working the separate schedules and him keeping me up. Yeah. But understand, too, uh, d I have to defend myself on this one just for a second. The other guys can defend themselves. Well, they, 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 it's, it's all fine. Um, but the, the bro mode thing, you have to remember. We all do it, all three of us. You learn to navigate the superiors you're with. And if you've got management background, that helps a ton because you know exactly what you're doing. So, and, you know, it's, uh, as Blaine Tyke says, my old boss we spoke about before was definitely a bro mode guy. I've worked with a lot of those guys, exactly. And with working with a lot of those guys comes experience, which is extremely valuable. So, having said that, Hero's not wrong, but, um, you know, I'm not perfect. I got a long way to go. And, you know, we'll probably have an episode six months down the road, and she's still going to be bitching because I'm still too loud because I just am. And I'm very disrespectful when it comes to that because, like, nothing else exists, and that, that's, that's a me problem. It's not a her problem or anything else. But having said that, we're sitting at hour 10. Uh, Mrs. Irish, Mrs. Blametag, Hero, I want to thank you all for taking the time to be here this evening. Um, I hope that it was worth it for you, uh, especially Ms. Irish. I know, what time is it there right now? Uh, 2.10 in the morning. Oh my God. Yeah, good Lord. 
Thank you. You're 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 you're, you're, a, you're a saint. So having said that, um, the audio of this will probably will not go up till tomorrow. I'll edit it and all that other things. Um, also, too, like I said, retail war zone. We're getting ready to start spinning wheels, and as somebody I know likes to say, coming in hot. Um, so if you've got ideas or something you want us to cover, please let me know. Send me an email. Send me a, a, a DM, whatnot. Um, just to let everybody know, I've seen Irish tagged a lot on Twitter. Irish, would you like to reinforce the fact that you were no longer there? Uh, yeah, I am no longer on Twitter. So what if, if they wish to get in contact with you, what is the best way? Good point. Um, or, 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 or is, it, or is, dummy email or something like that. yeah, make a dummy email and, and, and let me know and then I'll pass it around. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I know, uh, you know, Blame Taggart asked how, um, to get in touch with you and he's asking if you'd like to try Blue Sky, uh, which is like a Twitter alternative. I'm on it. I'm, I haven't been as active on it as Twitter because we're also, you know, ingrained in that, unfortunately, and it's what we're used to. Um, but I will tell you, I mean, you know, uh, that one seems okay, but the political shit's still there. It's, oh, I'm sorry, hybrid. It's X, whatever, whatever. Adria, thank you. This was great. Excellent program. Thank you. We appreciate it. So having said that, everybody, have a great night. Thank all of you for being here. Mrs. Blame Tag, do you have any last words before we go? No, just thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for taking time. I know Wednesdays are, uh, is that book club night? Is that right? Yes, it's two Wednesdays a month. So thank you for coordinating with my book club schedule. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Not a problem. So everybody have a great night and we will see you next time. Check all the socials. You'll see what's coming up soon. Peace out. Later. <laughs>